Yo, internet, you tune into the Combat Jack Show, the Combat Jack Show. Hey, yo, A-King, you ready? Yeah. Hey, yo, internet, you ready? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yo, cool DJ Red Alert, are you ready? I can't do like y'all do. Y'all do it better than me. I'm telling you, man, I can't do that yeah. shit no more. <laughs> yo, internet, you're tuned into the Combat Jack Show, the CombatJackShow.com. Premium Pete is not in the building this this evening because he's currently in the hospital. He's expecting his little boy, his little Ooh. Bambino. So shouts out to him and his queen, Natalie. You know, we're definitely expecting this this bouncing baby boy. And it's beautiful. Yo, A-King, how you feeling, man? He's going to have all the J's. He's going to have all the J's, man. Yep. How you Good, feeling, man. man? Chilling, my guy. Yeah, how was your weekend? Oh, uh, man, the weekend was, was great. Happy happy, happy belated Mother's Day and the whole nine. How's your mom's doing? Mom is good, man. Yeah? Yes, yes. That's, that's beautiful. Mom's good. Shout Kids out to are all good? the mothers. Listen, hey, great. Nice, man. Great. Yo, before we jump into this very special episode, I really want to give a shout out um, to Howard University School Ooh. of Law. I was down in D.C. this past weekend. I was selected to be the keynote speaker at the class of 2015 graduating class. Um, And it was such an honor, man. You know, uh, they started out the ceremony singing the Black National Anthem, Lift Every Voice, and sing. I don't remember the last time I sang that song. I might have been 12 or 13, the last time I really sang that song. Um, But when this woman started singing the song and everybody was singing it, Literally 98% of the words came to me, and I just started singing it, man. And it, it made me really miss, misty-eyed because at my age, I'm really understanding the words and the struggle. And Did you cry? You know, no, I didn't cry, no, I but I said I got misty-eyed. Like, it was oh, like I was really, like, emotional behind that because I really finally understood those words and how relevant it was hmm. when that song was written and how relevant it is now, today. You know, so to be, at, you know, in the front... You know, to in front of all these beautiful faces, man, and and you know, yes, it's a predominantly uh, black historical college, but you know, it was still diverse. You know, what I'm saying like you saw Koreans in the audience and, and white people and 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 um, a lot of people from the Middle East and 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 Hispanics. You know, and even like the the, the faculty was very diverse. So it was mm-hmm. just really an honor to be up there, man. And and I, and I hope Howard uh, University that I didn't let y'all down. I spoke from the heart. Um, you know, I, you know, it was, I, I told my wife, man, this mm. was the first time I really felt like I did something as a grown up, you know, cause all my life I've been doing this hip hop shit, you know, be it on a, on a legal side or on a business side or, you know, the podcast side. So whenever I would see my peers yeah. that, that are doing all this important shit brr, <laughs> in government, yeah. you know, in, 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 in the legal field, like in corporate or whatever, whenever they asked me, I always felt like a little kid. You know what I mean? But this, is your but this time I felt like, you know, and what's really crazy is at the end, and, and, and Tumbo was working actually on turning a quick, uh, doing a quick turnaround of the actual video of the speech. Yes. But um, at the end of the, uh, the the speech, I asked the audience to kindly grant me the, 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 the opportunity to take a selfie. <laughs> so I was told that this is the first time in the, in the institution's 145-year history and somebody took a, a selfie during the graduation ceremony. Raised the bar. But what really threw me off was there's this white guy. I think he teaches some classes at Howard. And, and he, tw- he retweeted me when I took the, 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 the selfie. Mm-hmm. Then I started looking at his credentials. And this guy's a colonel. And he was apparently 
the head prosecutor at Guantanamo Bay. Shit. And I'm like, yo, like just the 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 level, the the, the of 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 people, right? That I spoke to, like doing this hip hop shit, man. Like, yeah, like yo, black. You excellent. meet him? You met him? No, I didn't meet him. He's the plug. I didn't meet him, but who I did see was, which was even more, like just like I I'm, I'm a grown man now. Was um, I saw my dean of students mm. from Georgetown, black dude, Dean Bellamy, who was in the audience, and I was like. And he hadn't seen me since I graduated years ago. Wow. So for him to be in the audience, and I and you know I just hope I did him proud, man. This is my proudest moment. And and I say to y'all, internets, man. You know we talk about this music shit, we talk about this valuable history, but we also have the shits and giggles and the yeah. pause game, and we talk about the ratchet shit. But each and every one one of y'all, you know, black, white, Hispanic, Latino, Asian, like whatever, you know, native, like. Dig in deep, man, and and pull mm-hmm. out that excellence out of you, man. It's, it's very doable. It's here. I mean, the world is fucked up. We know it's very fucked up. All of us don't have necessarily the same politics, man. But if anything, man, like, I feel like I went to Mecca. Mm. And the only thing else I got to do right now is really go to the motherland. I'm saying I really got to go to the motherland. That's that's how I felt. I'm saying so, I, you know. Let's get into the show. I'm not here to preach. Crazy. You know what I'm saying? I'm not here to be on my brrr shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I, you know, I, I you know, yes. I, I think that I represented y'all, the the listeners, to 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 my fullest degree. And I really thank y'all for really fucking with the Combat Jack show on a continuous basis, yeah. week by week, year by year. Listen, this is not about me. We have a veritable legend in the building right yeah. now. A veritable legend. I heard about this man back. When I was in high school, mm. you know, and, and we'll get to it. But this, you know, Cool DJ Red Alert is literally mm. the first celebrity I ever met wow. in my life. Before the KRSs and the Diddies and the Js, like Cool DJ Red Alert made my day. And we'll definitely get into that. Cool D- DJ Red Alert, welcome to the Combat Jack Show, sir. What's the deal, man? Uh, man, it's so I'm so happy to see you, man. Yeah, I'm happy to hear what you just said or how you went out there and, you know, you represented all of us, you know, conducting what you had to do. And, you know, I, I know you got good response. Yeah, man. That's I mean, what, great response. Yes, yes. And that's but that's what we do, right? Yes. That's what we do. I mean, you've been in this game for so long, still in this game. Hey. I'm saying still doing it, man. Hey. How's this journey been for you, B? Journey been um, quite interesting. Yeah. Ups, downs, ins and outs. Right. But when the storm clear, you still stand. Still stand. Regardless. Did you think, how long, how, how long have you been doing this now? Let me see. Talking about radio or all together? Just, just all together. Okay, put it this way. Because in, you wasn't on radio when I first heard about you. No. Let me see. We in 2015. 2015. I started DJing in August a 1976. 76. The bicentennial. Yes. That was the bicentennial. Yes. So you started DJing a month after the 200th anniversary of the United States with all the fireworks. How did you get into DJing, sir? Well, um, I caught the bug by watching two individuals. Well, no, more than two, but, right. you know, I just always pinpoint two individuals. Two different entities. Like, the first one was... I used to sneak downtown, used to put on my older brother clothes, you know, try to look like a grown-up, and sneak downtown to what they call the clubs, the discos, mm-hmm. and, you know, listen to the disco DJs at the time. Like, Wh- Which clubs were you going to? There was clubs that was called Nell Gwynn's. Mm-hmm. It was called Hotel Diplomat. Hotel, I remember Hotel Diplomat. Um, let me see. Times Su- Square, right? Yeah, yes. Times Square, Superstar Cafeteria, mm-hmm. um, Pippin's, Riverboat. 
I never been to Leviticus. I was trying right. to get in there. Right. And you wasn't trying to fuck with that Studio Fifty Four, were you? No, 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 no. <laughs> I and D. I'm not down. No, no, no. I was going where the brothers and the sisters yes, was yes, at. Yes, 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 you know, yes. No, I was going where I, the complexion I'm familiar of with. Of course, of course. You know, and um, the DJs that was playing at the time was such as Rest in Peace, Pete, D, Pete DJ Jones. Yes. Um, there was a group called the Together Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with Pete D.J. Jones, the very first female I ever saw was Becky D.J. Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, Becky D.J. Jones. Becky D.J. Jones. Right. Um, there was a D.J. by the name of Plummer. Uh, rest in peace, Charisma, and Grandmaster Flowers. Flowers. Yes. Flowers. Yeah. So, so, so you would sneak down here. Yes. And 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 check what it, they were playing more like. Like 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 dance music, like disco at the it time. It was like during the time in the seventies, you know, in the meat. At the time, it was more like R&B, mm-hmm. disco, dance. Mm-hmm. You know, that, um, to this day, you know, it's some to some it's some of their favorites. Right. You know, some of them good old those, chic those, records. Those 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 records never died. Chic records never yeah, died. Yeah, chic records. You, I've you been know, listening to Diana Ross's "The yeah, Boss" recently. Yeah, right. Sister Sledge, you was about yeah. to say Sister Sledge. Yeah, Instant the Jones Funk, Girls. Yeah, Jones Girls. BT Express. Ooh. Brass Construction. Brass Construction. Uh, Crown Heights Affair. Ohio you know, players. Ohio players. Yes, yes, you know yes, that yes. was no. It was also I forgot to put in the funk. You mm. had to play the funk. You had to play the funk. You know, so those are records. But then on a Saturday. By me going to school, I went to Dewey Clinton High School mm-hmm. up in the Bronx. Right. And because I, I originally was raised in Harlem. Right. I used to go to high school up in the Bronx, and they used to always tell me about this individual by the name of Herc. Mm-hmm. Herc. Mm-hmm. Herc. Mm-hmm. So Not me, Cool Herc. Just hearing Herc, right? It, that's who it is. Right. Cool Herc. Right, right. You know, but they used to always just say Herc. Right. So here it is. My friends and I from the neighborhood came up there for the first time, and, you know, I got to meet them. Not meet him, but you know, got to see him play. Got to experience, and I caught the bug. Right. So, um, at all this at the same time, I was also in this program. I don't know if you ever heard of this program called the Upward Bound Program. Yes, of course. I went to the Upward Bound Program at Fordham University mm-hmm. during my junior and senior year at Clinton. So, um, I along with my friend named Roosevelt Smith, we combined our stereo system together, and everybody used to always come in our room. Right. So. What I try to do is become a DJ by hooking up both phonos. Now, what it is, one in the back of the uh, um, electrophonic you know, system, you had the phono and you had the auxiliary. Mm-hmm. So what you did, that you instead of mixing, you click from one to the other. So when one record die out, you put it on, mm. you click on to the right, other record. Right, right, right. That was my introduction. That, that, was, that was your first mixer. That was, that's right. Right, right, right. That was my introduction by doing that, you know, on on campus. Now you also had a, a, a plug because your cousin is the legendary Jazzy J. The legendary DJ Jazzy J. This is how this became. So during the time I went to I went to high after graduation, I went to college, I went to Hampton. Okay. You went I, to Hampton University? Yeah. Wow. Are oh, you was around all that moisture? Uh yeah. Once again, IMD. I'm not down. No, IMD. Okay. I'm not down. Uh, We're so. not, we not trying to get you in trouble, but anyway. No, no, no. My we, name is Red, not Rita. There you so go. here it is. During my time I was down there, I took up communication engineering. Right. And that's how I got my third class license. Okay. So when I come back after the Herc ever, now I'm seeing a new ever come in. You start seeing Flash. You start seeing the L Brothers. Mm. You know, the L brothers consist of Mean Gene, Cordio, mm-hmm. and the youngest, Theodore. Right. You had um 
you had um, Breakout and Baron. Right. And then you had Africa Bambada. Mm-hmm. So when I came back and I started working in the garment district, you know, saving up my money and right. start piece by piece buying equipment. Your equipment. And, you know, I started hooking it up in my house. So my cousin. You didn't come up off no equipment at, during that 1977 blackout? Nah, even though, <laughs> and know, know what? I should have. Right. Because <laughs> during the time when that happened, I was still on the campus of Fordham University. Mm. And when that happened, my friend Sydney and I, we managed to get off the campus. We were going up and down the strip. By the time we got up and down the strip, Crazy Eddie was cleaned, cleaned out. out. Crazy not Eddie even was, no headphones, not even one of them little cheap microphones? Man, none of that. <laughs> none of that. Everything was gone. <laughs> so I couldn't get none of that. But, you know, like I said, after I came home and started working in the Garment District, that's when I started, you know, piece by piece, start buying my equipment, mm-hmm. one turntable at a time, one speaker at a time, you know. And then I used to go around the corner from where I worked at, 35th Street, and every payday I used to go either to Disco Mat or mm-hmm. Rock and Soul. Disco Mat. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, I'm going to take it there. Disco Mat. So those, and I used to get the records. That's when 12 inches was used to be two ninety nine. Mm. If it was it was real dope, it was 3 to four ninety nine. Right. So I used to just collect all my records, and then when I come home, I would practice because I was watching what other people was doing. Another edge I had because when I was in school, I used to take up music. I used to learn how to read music. Okay, so you read music? Yes. Oh, that's crazy. So as I got to read music, I learned how to go by measurement of the bars. Okay. So I always learned how to segue, introduce, going from one record to the other, and learn how to hold the time and mixing from one to the other. Because at that time, it wasn't too much of the cutting I was doing. I was doing more of the mixing and blending. Right, 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 right. So that's what I did. Here, my cousin came down, because my cousin, them they used to live in Manhattan. So when he came down, Jazzy... He used to watch what I do, so I show him the fundamentals. Wait, so you taught Jazzy? Yes. I, I taught my cousin Jazzy J. Okay. So when Jazzy used to come by, I show him the fundamentals. After I show him the fundamentals, by that time, my family moved to Bronx River. Right. When they moved to Bronx River, my aunt brought his set, you know, the Technique 210s, um, belt drives, and the club and mixer. And he started having his records. So as he playing, rocking back and forth, he became friends with late, my, rest in peace, my man, Sundance, mm. Little Sundance. Sundance introduced him first to, um, what's his name? Disco King Mario. Okay. So he was rocking for Mario. So as he rocking for Mario, not knowing at the time there was a little rivalry going on between Bam Bada and Mario. Right. So Bam started hearing about him. He said, well, who is this little guy over there? Somebody said, that's the guy that just moving the project. He said, what he's doing over there? You need to be over here. He me. So he got him down. Now, before it was um, Jazzy, it was two DJs along with Bam. There was one named Zombu and Sinbad. Okay. So I think that one of them left. I don't forgot which one of them left. And then he got, then Jazzy came and he was rocking along with him. Right. So then Jazzy starts speaking up for me. Right. Like, you, say, need, you need to fuck with my cousin. Yeah. Which one is older, you or, or Jazzy? No, I'm older. Okay. I'm older. Right. So that's when, you know, Bam reached out for me because on the side, me and Jazzy, we had a little group already on the side called the Jazzy Three. Okay. You know? And then here it is. They brought me in, and that's how I got down with Bam in 79. Now, what was your impression of Bam when you first met him, man? The first time I met Bam before all this, I never get I was in, you know, the park called Arthur Park? Yes. Arthur Park, there was a jam going on in there. And first it was flashing them rocking, but then it became a shootout. Mm. Now, you know how big Arthur Park is. Yes. So, you know, even though that, all that dispersed and faded out, I kept hearing some sound on the other side of the park. 
So I said, hey, what the hell was Party that? ain't over. Yeah. <laughs> so I took it upon myself, kid from Harlem. You right. know, I used to always come up in the Bronx so much, people thought I'm from the Bronx. Right, right. So I telling my way over there to the other side. And I'm watching and seeing these guys DJing. That's one of them was Zombo and Sinbad. Right. They were jamming. And then I'm looking at this big figure that's standing on top of the bench. And everybody on the side of him, and this guy, this big figure, phoning his arm, saying, who the hell is this? Muscular and a whole nine. Yeah. Big you know? afro and them glasses, right? So now here it is. I still didn't identify him. Little after that, I used to live, I used to hang on the Grand Concourse of Home 40, well, on Home 45th Street, down from Hoster College. Because, you know, Hoster College on Home 49. Right. So my cousin, he came by. He said, yo, man, come with me over here. I want you to go to this jam. So I said, okay. So I went over there to, you know, they um, rented out one of the centers. And I come in there. You know how you feel? All eyes on you like ear yeah, button? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, who the hell is you? And I'm right there with my cousin. And then who I see stand, uh, sitting behind the um, set? The same guy I saw standing on. And that's when I learned that was Bambada. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. And then, you know, I remember this guy named um, Charlie Rock. He came walking up to me, looking me up and down. And then he just dropped and started doing a break dance. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck Yo, is Or he tried to challenge you to something? Yeah, I thought this was some West Side Story <laughs> shit. <laughs> Were you into the dancing at the time? Yeah, I used to, I used to be boy. Okay. Um, so, so you get in, inducted into the whole crew. Now, is this the very beginning of the Zulu Nation? No, the Zulu, the Zulu Nation, Nation was already, you know, Formed. Right. It was formed since 74, I think. Okay. I could be wrong. Right. I think 74, but I got involved in 79. Okay. And, um, you know, that's when they brought me in. You know, of course, I was the only kid from Harlem. You know, they kept messing with me back right, right. and forth. You know, say, but you, you was know, representing. Yeah, representing. Now, now what, what, in, in 79, man, what was the Zulu Nation about? Zulu Nation was all about peace. Right. Because even though... Bam come from the heydays of, you know, the, the the gangs and everything. And, of course, you know, Bronx River have a reputation. And New York was crazy at the time. Nuts. Nuts. Bananas. Internet, y'all. I keep telling y'all, but y'all you know, got it so easy right now. So mm -hmm. pampered. Y'all don't even. What do you mean what? It's rough out here, man. Yo, let me tell you. No, 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 no. During King, the 70s. King, don't do that. During the late don't 70s. Don't do that. Motherfuckers I'm just were, saying the comparison. because The comparison to then to now? I'm not saying it you, then. I'm these saying kids what could not. Could, what possibly was going on then? Okay. Like, cats were taking your clothes off your back. During the you 70s, when my man. New, Mayor, York was, New York was bankrupt. When Mayor right. Lindsay was wow. in office, Damn, he did not know what he was facing. Inflation was so ridiculous. And that's when the the drug game got high so because is, that was the only survival in the inner city. Yo, the city what was drug, bankrupt. What drugs are we talking about? We're cocaine. talking about heroin. I mean, cocaine was a recreational drug, but you're talking about you still had cats that was still coming home from the Vietnam mm. War. So yes. you had cats that was the, all types of dusted out. Mm -hmm. And you had crazy mother like. When's the last time motherfuckers really got fucked up on the train? So when you say the Vietnam War, you put in the, put in the context. You're talking about the Vietnam War was what over more than ten years. The Vietnam War was over in '77. So you could, around '77. '77. So you, yeah. you could compare it in terms of length of time with the Iraq Wars, right? Imagine these guys coming. I'm not, out I don't know years. the time. I, I I just know that's crazy. New York was fucked up. Like New York was fucked. New York doesn't look fucked up right now. Right. You could be on 59th Street right. and you'd see hookers. 
And you you could get jacked. They oh, don't do that. They got no, cameras in the sky right now. <laughs> no, forty doo-wop was true. crazy at yeah. the time, seventy nine. Yeah, you, you know, know the, the, only, the, the only thing the only thing that was delighted for us as brothers yeah. was when you go and check out Bruce Lee all day in, in, in <laughs> two dollars and fifty cents. Yeah, you go to the matinee, triple, stay the in triple, there, triple triple features, and you see all the Bruce Lee movies. And when he came on, all you hear in the voice in the in the place is Bruce, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> but besides that, forty second doo-wop. New York was fucked up, man. Yeah, you know crazy. what I'm saying? It was all over. It was it was rampant. I mean, when you, when you look at the statistics, mm-hmm. they tell you like even though these cop shootings are up, crime is lowest it's ever been. Yeah, but it's dropped steeply from the 70s. You know what I'm saying? And then in the 80s, so don't don't. It's crazy, man. And you, also, yo, if you motherfuckers could not have no iPhones back then, trust me, trust me. So it's not crazy, right? It's still crime, but it's not crazy yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, during the time, because when they was doing, they was hard on that draft, and that's the time when the draft was ranging mm. from 18 to 26, they felt that if you did not have proper ID, they would arrest you mm. at that time. Mm. So you have to always keep an ID on you because they were looking for anybody they can snatch up. And then, you know, if you at a certain age, well, either you go and serve you go time jail. or you go and serve the serve. government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One now, or the other. Now, you know, tell me about Jazzy, man, because we've had a lot of people on the show, man. We've had Diamond D on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had both um, Sadat X and, and, and Lord Jamar. And I mean, he, this this cat was connected to so many people, man. Tell, tell us why Jazzy was so in the mix and, and how important he was in this hip hop. Jazzy was the weapon for the Zoo Nation because... No matter, I may have taught him the basics, right. but he learned to become a beast mm. on that set. Mm. He was a beast. To this day, he's still a beast on that set. I respect him so much because, you know, it was at one point that I was just passing the records to him and he was cutting them up. Right. And he was so articulate with his style. From there, he learned he was the person that was on Kiss before me. Right. You know, and not only that, but he took it upon himself to form and build his own studio. Right. And he built it from scratch. And that's, where he, had, and that's where he had all these people in, right? Yeah. Like Pooba and all these cats. Like- yeah, because he had, you know, he had, I can't say discovered, but he helped form a lot of their sounds, mm. produce their sounds, form their sounds, you know, and a lot of great records came out of there under Strong City. Right. You know, you're talking about Busy B, you're right. talking about Masters of Ceremony, mm. you're talking about Ultimate, you know, MCs, and I mean, the list is long. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Now, did you... And also, don't mean to cut you right. off, but also him in in um, a collaboration with Rick Rubin in the beginning start of Def Jam. Mm, Tila Rock. That's right. Tila Rock came out of Jazzy. Yes. Jazzy J's studio. Yes. Did you see, like, when you was going uptown, man, did you see evolution of MCing as we know it from, from Coke LaRock? Did you see him invent MCing? See, when Coke was doing it, it was more party rocking. Right. That's why when you see later on a lot of people that may get on the microphone and hosting along with a DJ, you know, that's you know, crowd participation. Right. You know, that's what Coke LaRock was doing. And, you know, Herc was doing a little bit of that, too. Right. You know, not knowing that within years later, you have the next set of people such as Melly Mel, Mel and Kaz, Kaz and various others that just want to take it to another level. Right. And we start to give you a story, give you content, give you information more than what you hear on the hip to the hop to him. You know, they was learning how to reach it to another level right. at that time. Right. Now, let me take you back, man. I was a kid in high school. I had the, one of the first versions of the, of the Sony Walkman. Mm. And I heard this record. 
And then this is where the first time I heard your name, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, God damn. You know Start off and lose something like this. She's a So I hear this, Crazy. and I'm like, yo, who are all these people, and who's Red Alert? You know what I'm saying? Because, <laughs> you know, they, they made a point of making your name known. So you you said, man, when you when you linked up, when you clicked up with your cousin, you was already the Jazzy 3. Yes, the Jazzy 3 originally was, rest in peace, my man's little Sundance, guy named Charlie Chu and Master B. Right. Charlie Chu went into the service. Right. Master uh, um, Sundance... You know, he was kind of the headstrong at the time. He felt like he don't need to be, you know, he, he who he is. He kind of faded out. His brother came in, Master Ice. Right. And then along with Master B. And then we picked up three others, A.J. Less. Okay. Um, Mr. Freeze. And, uh, oh, my God, I'm supposed to know the, the last yeah. one. Let me don't, you're not on the spot right now. Nah, uh, yeah, God damn it. Uh, Master, <laughs> look it up. Look it up. Master Ken. Ice, A.J. Less. Uh, look up! Look up! The, look up! The uh, Jazzy Five, Jazzy African Five. Bambata and the Jazzy Five. Right. But while he's looking it up, like so, Bambata was in Bambata involved in this. I'm gonna tell you how Bambata was involved. Right. First and foremost, the original Soul Sonic Force was ten MCs. Ten MCs. Ten MC. Right. This is what Bam used to do. If you was, if he liked you, he put you on. And that's right. how, you know, he, he accepted me through Jazzy, and he accepted many others. Because there was right. a host okay, of other different DJs and MCs just as well. Who, who are the original yeah. names? Um, MC Sundance. Mm-hmm. Disco King. Disco King Mario. No, no, no. Mario is not part of Jazzy 5. Okay. Damn, Wikipedia got it wrong. Yeah, keep going, keep yeah, they, going. They Charlie Chu. Charlie Chu was he one of the original members. One of original. Master B. One of the original members that became later on, continued. Um, Master B, Red Alert. No, no, I'm, I'm not an MC. I'm the DJ. The DJ, okay. Africa Bambada. Africa Bambada is on the side. So Wikipedia don't got it. So, so once Fix again, that Wikipedia, fix that. So yeah. once again, I'm gonna put it, Master Ice. Yes. Master B. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Um, who else? I said, um, Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. AJ Less. Right. And, and I more. forgot the last person's we'll, name. We'll, I get it. We'll, we'll, I get it. It. we'll get it. But so, Bam, Bam used to have 10 MCs. Right. And he took pieces from different groups. Okay. So he took a piece from the um, Cosmic Force. He right. took a piece from Jazzy Fire. So when it's time to spurt and do business, because Bam's whole idea is to have more than one group right. spurt out. Right. You know, he he was, was never locked in. No. Uh-uh. Right. So when he came and set up a, a deal with Tommy Boy, the first introduction was the Jazzy Fire to do Jazzy Sensation. Right. So if I remember correctly, this was the first 
This was the first. No, no, not no, no. The first recording was by Paul Woodley. Okay, that did. No, no like I'm not it. talking about Tom Tommy Boy. I'm talking about like the first like 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 Zulu Nation record. No, okay, no, it. no. Paul Woodley right. came out doing a record, having a record for the the Cosmic Force called Zulu Throwdown. Okay, that was the Cosmic Force that consists of Ike C, um, um, Ice Ice, Chub Chub, and Lisa Lee. Right. And then when he got with Tom Silverman, that's when he brought out the Jazzy Five. Right. And that was the introduction from there later on. Here come the so Sonic coming out right. with Planet Rock. Now you now you saw Tom Silverman on the scene, mm-hmm. like talking to Bam and the whole nine. Yes. Not even knowing that that you was about to be part of this movement that brought right. hip hop from uptown to downtown. You saw who this white boy coming uptown <laughs> being a month over. But then again, we saw Bam, he was down with everybody. Right. He knew everybody. Right, right, right. Because that's another thing. During that time when we was in association, Bam used to was the first one to bring hip hop downtown. Right. So it was like saying hip hop meet punk rock. Right, right, right. So right. you know, you you hanging out in places like Dan Satiria and it's like hip hop hanging out with um, punk rockers, punk rockers, and like Devo and yep, yep. Talking Heads yep, and yep, Nina yep. Hagen and, and, and Deborah, Deborah, uh, what's yeah. the name? Uh, Deborah Harry from Blondie, De- Deborah Harry, yeah, yeah. uh huh. No, sorry. So we in association with them during the time. You know, I always tell these young cats, man, like like coming up back then, it was really hard in a sense to sometimes tell the difference between hip hop. And by then, new wave or, or punk rock, because it was the same type of energy. And not only that, we was cutting up some of their records, right. Like it was hip hop, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So you know, you you're in the mix with with band body. Mm-hmm. There's all these different groups. Yes. Where was you, man, when you first heard this record, man? <laughs> My man, let me tell you something. Oh, uh, you gotta let this one breathe a little bit. My man. And you know, this changed the whole sound. This changed the fucking planet. It changed planet the sound. Rock. Let it go. Woo! This shit right here, you was there, huh? Right from the beginning. Right yo, from the beginning. Yo, when, 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 t- tell us about the evolution of Planet Rock, man. Here it is. Bam joining on with two producers, mm-hmm. Arthur Baker, Arthur and, Baker. John, and John Roby. Yes. He brought the idea that he had in his mind that he wanted to mesh everything in. Bits and pieces of craft work. Tech, yeah, techno at the time, which was, well, not techno, but still. Right. At that time, um, bits and pieces craft of... Craftwork was nasty. Craftwork. Numbers? Numbers and transcript Tran- What? Yeah. Um, also, elements of from Babe Ruth the Mexican and a couple other elements, mm. and he brought the ideas to them right. so the ideas he brought to them they went in fruition and put it together in the studio right. and he pulled out three members from the soul signing mm-hmm. for remember I told you it was originally 10 MC right. but he only pulled out three Globe, Globe MC Globe right Pow Wow Pow Wow and Mr. Big Mr. B- right. Mr. Biggs Mr. Biggs so you know he the one that brought them in there along with Bam and they go ahead and did this record. Right. So I remember the first time I heard it because we was in Dance Interior. Now here it is oh that Jazzy God. Sensation was just dropped. Right. And so, that record, to, to your credit, Jazzy Sensation, it might not have been a nationwide hit because hip-hop wasn't that big, mm. but in New York, to me, it's one of the top classics that we ever dropped oh, from New man. York. Oh, man. I know one thing, it put, put a stamp on me because, yes. like like you said, who the hell is Red Alert? That's, I was like, who the hell is Red Alert? Because remember, like I said, I was in the background. It right. was more like Bam was the name, 
Jazzy was the face for mm-hmm. doing all, and I'm just there. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's what it was. But when Planet Rock came, oh my God, what the hell? So you is didn't hear this? it until they played it in Danceteria. No, no, no. Here they didn't play it in Danceteria. He let me hear it on a tape. Right. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Did you is like this? it? Did you not? No, like it? I loved it. Right. Right off the top. Right. You know, one thing I could say about us when we was DJs at the time, we were so idealistic. We were open minded to because Bam taught us to be open minded to all different genres of music. Right. So we heard that we like, yo, different. Right. You know. It was spontaneous right off the top. Yeah, when I was a kid and I first heard that record, I felt like the future was going to be great. Because mm. I was like, yo, if this is hip-hop, because if you listen to it, it's not a traditional hip-hop record from what hip-hop was. No. But it was a hip-hop record. And it I was like, yo, the future is amazing. The sound of music right. at the time right. that Van introduced it at Electro Funk. Right. So he he let you hear it on the on the on the headphones? No, no, no. I heard it in um a little little box. Right. You no, know? and then I, I like, yo, what the fuck is that? When's the first time you heard it on some big speakers, man? Uh, when we came from out of dance interior and then we came down to the Roxy. Okay. And then What? Yeah. So you heard it in the Roxy? I heard it in the Roxy. With them big ass speakers. And you know the Roxy was Tremendous. With that, with that Richard Long sound system. Yes. You know, and that was mean. That was crazy. Crazy. And and that, and that record, it seemed like that record, because records took a long time back then. To, they lived a long time. That yes. record lived for like a year and a half. Oh, dude. man. That record Automatic. lived for a year and a half. Automatic. I remember it was the summer and the winter. That record would not stop. And not was, only that, during the time while we was down, we came from Dance Interior into the Roxy. Right. And that's when we learned how to bridge all different ethnics coming to see us play. Yes, 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 yes. Because you had all nationalities yes. mesh in one place. Yep. We used to average every Friday about over 3,000 people in there. Yeah, man, it was packed. You remember seeing cats like, like Madonna in there? Madonna was hanging out in there. Bianca that was married to Mick Jagger. Bianca Jagger. Um, who else you wow. saw? You saw my man uh, Charlie Wilson yes. and, and his family. Yep. His, my brother's from Gap Band. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick James is hanging out in mm-hmm. there. Um, Some t- Eddie Murphy was on the scene. Eddie like Murphy was hanging Eddie in Murphy there. was the king of Saturday Night Live back then. Yes. And also, where my man Grand Mixer DST got to meet mm. and got to be involved with him, my man Herbie Hancock. Herbie Hancock. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. I was just up the other night, man. Um, cause you know, Herbie's a Buddhist and I really, I'm a Buddhist, so I follow his life. Mm-hmm. And I remember when, when, when Herbie dropped Rocket, mm-hmm. it was the hottest hip hop record at the Crazy. time. He was 44 years old mm. and won a Grammy. Now, if you think the typical hip hop was like in their twenties, mm-hmm. which was re- ridiculous, man. Right. Ridiculous. And not only that, but what I really respect about Herbie, just like people such as late great Donald Byrd, right. they was going out of their range. Right. Remember, they were known as jazz artists. They were, they were cla- they, who, who worked with Miles Davis. Yes. But they learned to go out of their reach. Right. Go out of their range. They right. learned to be involved with all different other ethnics to sound. Right, right, right. So right. I respect that. Yeah. Um. You know, how did you make that break into radio? Because my first recollection of rap radio was Mr. Magic and WHBI. Mm. And that was like the first... Like, when yeah. did you start listening to, like, Mr. Magic, man? Around 80, 81. Right. And then when I was listening, that was, like, a big thing for all the kids in the inner city. You know, you're listening to a small independent radio station that they have to pay for airtime, you know? And um, Mr. Magic was the person that introduced 
the sounds of hip-hop rap records on the air, you know, and it was dominating. Everybody was taping him off the radio. Everybody. Everybody. And right behind him, you had a host of other different people that started being on HBI, like the world-famous Supreme Team. Team. Awesome 2. Awesome 2. Uh, Hank Love and, you know, Hank Love and DNA. Um... Man, um, there's quite a few. Jerry Blood Rock. Yes. So, um, so how did how did y'all end up? Like, how did you, like, make your career? Like, like break your career going into to, to HBI. Well, here it is. One of the Zulu members, the uh, um, no, the son of Africa Bambada we call him Africa Islam. Yes. He got involved with a station and was calling it Zulu Beats. Zulu Beats. Zulu Beats was coming on in '82 to '83. Right. And I took it upon myself because what I was also known for taping all the jams. Mm-hmm. So I used to bring a tape down. So your records was on the on the cassette? No, my no, all the jams that we was taping okay. on the cassette. Right. You know? And um they would play bits and pieces uh, you know, where I can make sure that I'm playing with no cursing right. on there. And then, you know, he have he would always speak about me. Until there was time when. What do you mean, like, like, like? How would he like big you up? After, yeah, he'll big me up. Say, yeah, he got my, got my Zulu brother, Red Alert, right here with me, and such and such. So then, when after the launch of Beat Street, mm-hmm. that's when um, Africa Islam had to go on the road with right. the Rock Steady crew. Right. So he had me in place. Okay. So when he had me in place, that's when I started doing it for a short bit of time right. and playing it. But the introduction to major radio. Guy by the name of Barry Mayo, who's Barry a program. Mayo, yes. He was the program director for Kiss FM at right, the time in '83. Right, right, right. He approached Bambada because over on BLS in '82, they brought Mr. Magic. And Mr. Magic was huge. At he this was time. more than huge, right. tremendous. Right. So by in, within '83, here it is that Barry Mayo approached Africa Bambada. He said, "We want to implement what we was doing called the Kiss Master Mixes, along with what you're doing right. in the street." So first person he went after was Africa Islam because right. he was the man at that time doing it, making it happen. But he missed a couple of appointments. Okay. So the next person he went after was my cousin, Jazzy J. Right. Jazzy did it for like a couple months. He did it for maybe like around August or September. Right. But um, he gave it up because even though they wasn't paying no, but not realizing he was gaining a lot of exposure that's on that. That's a big exposure because this, this is Kiss FM, like who's right. going at. Right. But, you know, the mentality at that time is like, you know, I got to pay me. You got to right, pay me. Right, right, you got to right, right. pay Not knowing that you working your way in. Right. So that's when they say, well, Ben, who's the next person? That's when they came after me. And I started in October of 1983. Okay. So this, this, is, this, is, this is my personal story. Yes. You know, at the time I was in school and I heard you on, 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 on Jazzy Sensation and I heard you on the radio. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to me, the, 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 the entertainment industry, the music industry, that shit was fictional. That shit didn't exist, you know what I'm saying? Because you know we didn't, we didn't, we didn't have no access. You know what I mean? Right. And I remember being in school and my girl Robin Moore. Mm-hmm. We was talking about hip hop, and I think I might have been playing Jazzy Sensation. She was like, "Yo, I know Red Alert." And I was like, "Get the fuck out of here! You don't know Red Alert." She's like, "I know Red Alert. My brother Bobby works with Red Alert." I was like, "You don't know Red Alert." So I remember we came to the city. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was at this place right across the street from Madison Square, Madison Square Garden. Two we went Plaza. in the building, mm-hmm. and I was really confused. And we walked in, and then we walked into the mailroom, mm-hmm. and that's when I met Red Alert. And I remember I was just so awestruck. It was at the time you were really the first celebrity that I ever met. Respect. So so it was like meeting Jay Z. Mm. It was meeting like Kanye or something. Mm-hmm. But it was but I was still confused because I was like. 
why is Red Alert working in the mailroom? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is this dude is a legend. So so how, how was that, man? Like, well, I'm gonna tell you because when I was working at the name of the company is called Gibson Hill. Okay. Gibson Hill Company. I was working in the mailroom. So even though I'm down with the Zulu Nation, right? And you know, in 1980, you know, I brought my my firstborn in, my oh, son. Okay. So you know, you damn, you had him young, huh? Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, I had him 1980. Yeah. Um, but you gotta have a job. You gotta, gotta take care of kids. Yeah. Now this this rap shit was a pain at the time. Nah, it was not, not at pain. All. You know, I mean, you had, Bam have an army of cats. Right. And you're only getting paid cab fare at the end of the day. Right. You know, or if it was a good night, you finally got $50 that right, 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 at right. that time. Yeah. $50 was a lot of money at yeah, that time, yeah, yes, 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 by yes. the way. But it was. You could go a long way. You could probably get a 50, steak, no Uber. some pizza, yeah. I'm saying some slacks. But having a <laughs> child, but having a child, you got to have a job. So right. I was working. Absolutely. So I used to work down in Wall Street. Mm -hmm. um, and from Wall Street. Doing what? Doing what? No, in Wall um, Street. I, same thing in the mailroom. Mailroom, okay. And then here it is. I was laid off, and then at one point in time, I remember I used to work up there at Hunts Point unloading trucks. Oh, word? Yeah. Now, now, was it crazy to you? I mean, you know, like I said, hip-hop wasn't as big then. Mm-hmm. But was it crazy? Were people like like were people like me seeing you and being like, yo, that's Red Alert? I was still not being acknowledged right. at that early stage. Right. Because even though people that worked in Gibson Hill, they was happy for me and proud of me, spoke up for me. But nationally... I was still brand new, right. so they didn't catch on. You no, know, when people start catching on to me, I say, let me see, I started in October 83. Right. Within around summer 84, right. when I start doing outdoor events mm -hmm. for Kiss FM, and mm. then, you know, they start giving giving your own personal photo shots. Right. And um, when I was in, like, the African Day Parade and Oh shit! That's red alert. That's really him. Yeah, because we didn't like I said, man. We mm -hmm. didn't have the internet back then, so right? We didn't know how cats. Not only looked. that, but here go another thing that helped me mainly around the neighborhood. I was known for selling tapes. Mm. Every time when her, people heard me with a tape on, after that Saturday, within that Monday, I made copies and was selling them tapes. Mm. Before I was selling the tapes, I was selling the party jams. Like I say, I had all the tapes of the party jams. Right. So now, to the next level, I got my own tapes. So I'm selling the tapes around all the spots where they hustling at. Right. Up and down Harlem, you know? Yeah. 119th yeah. Street, 112th yes. Street. I'm, yeah. I'm giving all the spots away. Right. So now, you know, the hustlers are spending money. You know, I got a 90-minute tape, $20, you yeah. know? Yeah. You know, it's a, um, was a, what, an hour tape, maybe $10, you know? So... I was my exposure between that and, you know, getting involved later on being on radio. But then KISS now, at this time, they start paying you, right? I I got paid three months after I got on. So, Ottawa, November, December, I was not getting no money. Wow. Killing it, though. For three months. Right. I did not get paid until within January, and I was still... Why was that? That was a trial period? Well, of course. Okay. And, and hip-hop was still like a still, fad. It was like, these kids would do anything. They and, didn't know what the pay rate or right. like that was going to be. And, and, there was no pay rate It was just, for hip-hop. And remember, I'm Man. not I'm not under, you know, like a contract, or I'm not in the union or nothing. So, right. You know, so they was... And when I was getting paid, I only got paid $100 for a mix. Mm. But not knowing that I was getting... Hundreds and hundreds of dollar a uh, promotion worldwide, not just New York, but throughout the state. So during my course of time being on the radio, people used to take me. 
Mm. And when they take me in, and you know, this is another thing in street uh, mentality, once again, people used to come up to me, Bo, yo, I'm making money off of you. How you making money off of me? <laughs> well, you know, I'll tape you, and then I go away to school. <laughs> yep. I go here, yep. Yep. and I make copies. Yep, we would tape those tapes and then take them with us and make copies. Yeah. Now, now here go the, the other side. Now, by you going ahead and making money off of me, but then these schools and these other locations is reaching out to the stations, yo, we want to hire Red Alert to come here, to yep. come there. Yep. Free promotion. Yep. So you promoting me to do parties in the city. You're promoting me to do parties out of town. I wind up going overseas. All that by paying my dues for three months for nothing. Yep. Now, now at this time, too, Red, you're starting to meet That's people. Crazy. Meet You become a very important person. Yes. And people now want to meet you because they, they know now that you could get their records played. Yes. And one of those cats that, that kind of summoned you was Russell Simmons. Mm-hmm. Like, tell us about the first time you met uh, Russell. Oh, man, I, I forgot how the first time I got to meet Russell, but um, because Russell was entwined with... um Rush the, Management. The, not, not before, yeah, Rush Management he had on the side because he had run DMC, Jimmy Spicer, Houdini. Curtis uh, Blow. Curtis Blow, and he had associated with my man, late great Steve Sheldon, that represent the Fat Boys, mm-hmm. along with, um, I forgot my man, Charles Stetler. So Charles he, Stetler, yes. Yeah. So, you no, know, every time I was coming up there on 26th Street and Broadway, yo, man, make yourself at home, anything you need. Such, such. And you know, they, they always let me hear the jams first. Right, right, right. You know, so I was, became like one of the first because I know it was a rivalry at the time between me and Magic, right. you know, getting the records first, such and such. And, you, and, you, and, and let's get into the rivalry with Magic. Because you, you know, like, you didn't really know Magic. No. But he started. He started first with my cousin Jazzy. Right. He started with Jack because remember, Magic was the only man on the air doing he's known for hitting all the rap records. Right. So now here we here Jazzy coming Pop on. Starts come on. So he like who the hell is it? So he was calling. And, my, and, and y'all didn't have the like the smooth voice like he did. Y'all nah. wasn't necessarily the quote unquote polished DJs like of what black polished DJs were at the time. Right. Right. Um, we from the street. We right. from the core. Yeah. So now here it is every time my cousin Jack. And he's on and he's on BLS. He's, he's on BLS. The home of Frankie Crocker. Like he's on the Yankees and who these dusty Mets niggas <laughs> coming up in the game. Yeah. No shots to no Met fans. Uh-huh. I'm a but, Met fan. I'm a Met fan. So here it is. He start calling my cousin Jazzy Whack and this and that. So when Jazzy goes to here, I come on so he said, yo, who is this guy heard? Uh, is his name Duck Alert? Uh, red Dirt? <laughs> Damn. Red Dirt Duck Alert? I heard he got red hair. He's what, Woody Woodpecker? So <laughs> and he he's was, saying this on the air? He's saying this on the air. And and you used to get mad. I used to get mad. So what I did, I came one day to was the Was you pro- trying to see him or what, man? No, I wasn't trying to see him, but I first came to the job. I right. went to the program director, and I said, yo, ba- man. Barry Mayo, right? Barry Mayo. Yeah. I said, yo, this nigga is dissing me. Right. Barry started laughing at me. Now I'm really getting mad. <laughs> I feel some kind of way. Right, right. Barry sat me down and he said, yo, let me explain something to you. I'm not mad at you getting mad at me. You have a right to be mad, but I want you to understand something. Let's re- learn how to reverse this. Every time he's talking about you, he's advertising you. Mm. So learn how to take that in stride. I'm still pissed now, right, right, right. but I have to learn slowly but surely turn around because, you know, I'm in the streets all day, but people running to me, yo, man, he dissing you. Yo, he's what's it. up? So, you going to take that red yeah, dirt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's uh, up? yeah. So, you know, you got to catch all both sides on the radio and in the streets, but I start learning to take here and swallow it. Right. You no, know, because one time, one thing I can say during my time growing up, I learned, I come from the underdog. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, if you so hard, you so used to taking it on the chin during your time coming up. Just a couple of pauses. It's just, it's just, 
It's just another level of taking it on the chin again. You pause. So that's what it was. There you go. But at the same time, though, like because y'all was from the street, y'all was closer to a lot of records. You broke a lot of records. Like this record right here, man, Roxanne, Roxanne. You broke this record, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. UTFO. Sophisticated brother. Now you drop you, you 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 breaking records. Now this and, and, and this makes ma- magic hotter, right? Now I'm gonna tell you. First, that was a B side of a record. Mm. The A side was called "Hanging Out" by UTFO. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it, right. so I flip it to the B side. I heard that. I like. Yo, I like this one. So better. this record wasn't even supposed to be hot. No, because you supposed to put no. The, the whole idea is to go after the A side right, right, of right, a right, record. Right, right, right. So I went after the B side. So when I played the B side and got back to the company they said hey hey hey, you playing the wrong side i said no that's the that's the, that's the side <laughs> that's the right side that's the right side oh no no no, no, no. so you know here that it is. record was a monster right got back to magic magic felt some kind of way so you know i heard that he would approach utfo but you know utfo i don't know what happened with that situation and that's when molly went ahead and got after this young lady in his neighborhood and she did an answer to you. Got, got Roxanne Shantae. Shantae. And, and then now, now every time you're doing shit, they're coming after you. Right? Mm-hmm. right. Now, and how did that feel, man? Was the, Did you, even though it was still like, ah, these, I can't get these cats off my back, was that a good feeling? Afterwards, I started learning to, you know, walk around with an S on my chest saying, mm-hmm. listen here, I'm bulletproof. Right. You know, like you can <laughs> say all you want, you know, kick rocks and all that. But you know, I'm learning that I'm kicking your ass in ratings. Yeah, yeah. Because everybody's you, talking you, about you, you guys were the new cats, and yeah. you guys had Chuck Chill Out. Chuck Chill Out came seven months after me. Okay, and you mm-hmm. Chuck Chill Out was Fridays, and you were Saturdays. First, we used to alternate each other every other week. Right. First, per, first group I was alternate every other week was with the Rat Latin Rascals. Mm. Then here come Chuck. Then I was alternating along with him every other week. Right, and then. That was on Saturdays, and then they split us, and then that's when Chuck went Fridays, and mm-hmm. I went Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And they moved our time. Because I used to be on 11 p.m. to 2 in the morning. Mm-hmm. They moved me down to 9, nine to 12, right. prime time, prime up time. against Magic. Wow. And you was getting the ratings. Getting the ratings. And and so now they're doing records, mm-hmm. and they're forming the Juice Crew. They're forming the Juice and, Crew. And, 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 and they, they recruit this kid, Shan. Yes. And, and he drops the bridge. This this is the Radio Wars, B. This is what you call real Radio Wars. Woo! I love to hear the story. 
And this is Molly Maul be at his Cease. Queens. So you hear this record, man. Are you playing this record? Now I'm gonna tell you, that's another thing a lot of people didn't understand. Because even though Molly was producing a lot of records, right. if they sound good, I was playing them records. Playing them. Now they like, how you gonna play the records that the enemy side? I say, yo, that's like stealing the gun from your enemy and shooting them back. Because you, because you still needed the ratings. Yeah. Like that's so crazy because I can't even imagine. Like Power and Hot 97 today, where Power is like, these are our records. And Hot 97 is like, these are our, you know what I'm saying? It was just, it was kind of crazy, B. No, no. The Radio War mainly was the rap show. Right, the rap show. And here it is. I will go ahead, whatever he produced, if it sound good. You throw it back at him. I throw it right back on. <laughs> Pardon me. Give the audience. So you guys were the original troublemakers. Well, not troublemakers. This is no, this, this is magic started. No, I understand that, but when you when I'm, magic I'm, like, started, like, like, like I'm looking, you know, I guess more recently back in I guess 2001 with the Nas Jay Z battle. Mm-hmm. When you saw the radio radio stations going at it with each other, and then right. Jay and Nas, and you know Queens, Brooklyn, right? The pride from then, you know. Existed then, you know what I mean? Well, you got to understand, just like saying in the beginning, you had UTFO, they made a record. Here's Marley go ahead and then he get an artist. This history is crazy, Here it is, my man Spider D went and got his lady at the time to do a record going after Shantae. I wound up being her DJ, Sparky D. So, you know, it was back and forth. But even before then, Magic is the one that instigated by talking about people on the radio. So instead of shooting back with the words, you shoot back with your work. That's right. That's what we did. So, 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 not necessarily the Juice Crew, but Magic and Shan are coming after you, and, and you, you going places, and you seeing Shan, right? Yeah. And Shan is like, he's acting like disrespectful to you, right? Yo, yo, here it is, Shan. <laughs> the time when we used to be on the road because I was, I was DJing for Sparky D. Right. It was many a times on the road that they always wanted to see the battle of Shantae and Sparky. Shantae mm-hmm. and Sparky. Mm-hmm. So I'm DJ for Sparky, and Shan would go ahead and play for Shan, uh, for um for Sh- um Shantae. Right. You know. So I mean, you know, he was trying to size me up a couple of times, but till I caught him one day yeah. by himself. What, what happened, man? We leave that alone. Oh, okay. Ha <laughs> <laughs> All right. So because that's not my style. Okay. So let's keep it moving. Let's Damn. keep it moving. Now, as this is going on, Magic is not only dissing you. Mm-hmm. Magic is being disrespectful mm-hmm. to a lot of people. And and one of these groups that he's really being disrespectful to is this group called 2416. Yes. That sign on Sleeping Bag Records. Yes. And Sleeping uh, 2416 mm-hmm. consists of Scott LaRock. Yes. And KRS-One. That's right. And they're on Sleeping Bag Records. Yes. Success is the word. And Success is the word was this single. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, allegedly, apparently, Magic hated the record. Right. 
and and what what he he dissed the record on on on, on he BLS it on the air on BLS right during the show. On a Saturday night, he disses so bad. What was he what saying? I, what was he saying? I don't actually know the exact right. words, but right. I heard he disses so bad that here it is, the label dropped the group because that's how much power that Magic had. Right. If Magic didn't believe in something, and they wanted to make sure they was going everything, like they wanted to be the yes man, the Magic, oh, well, I guess this is not going to go nowhere. Let's drop it. So so, not only was he dissing them into their face, mm-hmm. but he killed their tried to kill their career. Yes, they had to go back to the drawing board. Now you knew Scott LaRock. How did you know Scott LaRock? Scott and I we know each other because Scott used to DJ at Broadway International mm. uptown on okay. Forty Seventh Street. Okay, um, and um, we always had a bond with each other because he was always trying to find what it takes to get inside. Mm-hmm. You know being more than just a DJ. Right. And he was always telling me about an artist that I did not know at the time then. Right, KRS, you know? right. Yes. Right. And then, you know, I know he said, for my job, for my job, you know, as he was a counselor. Right. So then when it came that night, i never forget, we was at Latin Quarters, Celebrity Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, my man Rahu. We lost so many good people mm-hmm. out here. Rest in peace, Rahu used to do right on this um, awesome too. So here it is. Scott Lauren KS1 came with this acid tape. You know, acid tape like a record, a plate, you know. For, you only get to play it a couple times till it fade out. So he gave it to Raul. Raul put it on for, you know, oh, my God, this is mean. So before the record finished, Raul said, I got to play this from the beginning Wait, again. Wait, was it this record? Yes, it was. Yo, what's up, Blastmaster KRS1? This jam is kicking. Word. Yo, what up, D-Nice? Yo, what's up, Scott LaRock? Yo, man, we chillin' this funky fresh jam. I want to tell you a little something about us. We're the Boogie Down Production crew. And due to the fact that no one outside there knew what time it was. He was talking about magic right there, right? Where we come from. That's right. South Bronx, the South South Bronx, South Bronx. People tell me this style is terrific. It is kind of different, but let's get specific. KRS1 specialized in music. I'll only use this type of style when I choose it. Party people in the place to be KRS1 attack. You got dropped off MCA because the rhymes you wrote was whack. You talking about Shan, right? Mm-hmm. So you think that hip-hop had this style out in Queensbridge? Not that I know of. Nope. <laughs> if you that junk up in the Bronx, you might not live. We ain't started that. Yo. So, so after Raul played that, right. then pass it on Cares One, Cares One. I mean, um, uh, Scott Ross, Scott passed it to me, say, this is for you to play on the radio. Oh, my God. So then that's Saturday. Oh, my God. You got this in your hands. What are you thinking? So, You're like, I got him. I got him. So so here it is. <laughs> Once again, that particular night. Right. I'm about to play the bridge. Yes. So as I'm playing and it comes to the chorus line of to the bridge, to the, I slam in South Bronx, South, South Bronx. That was the world's introduction to South Bronx. That was the introduction. And I'm, I can imagine the phones lit up. Crazy. Crazy. So now people think you are an official member of Boogie Down Productions. Yes and no, because right. yes, because he mentioned my name in the record, but he also mentioned Chuck Chill Out. Right. But what solidified the whole thing when I came with the second came okay. back on the second okay. one. Okay, so they asked you before they came before the second one, mm-hmm. Scott said, Yo, come to the studio. We we yes. need your voice on this, right? We need my voice on it. And that's because here it is, 
Shan did an answer to that record called Kill That Noise. Which wasn't hot. I mean, and I'm not saying that because you hear Kill That Noise was not as hot as The Bridge. The Bridge was the one. That's why I still stand out to this day. Yes, 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 yes. So that's when they told me to come. And the crazy part about it, the studio that Kels went and Scott Rock worked at was down the, not far from Queensbridge. Yes, it was. Power plant. Right. And and we had Molly Mall on the show, and he talked about how he lost his 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 drums. Yeah, and I heard said, about and that. Said got the drums, and I next thing you know, that. the drums started appearing on on the on the on the BDP I heard records. That story. I but, heard but, that story. But going back to this, man, you were the type of cat you didn't like to talk. No. And 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 you're in the studio, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of you hear you you're hearing this being made. Yes. You you see you seeing KRS in the booth. Mm-hmm. You he, and 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 how did they get you to talk, man? Well. When, here it is. When I told you they moved me down to prime time from 9 to 12. Right. And I was on, respect to big up to my man Fred Bugs because he's my mentor. Right. In, Fred, in Fred Bugs is an incredible dude. Love. Man. I love Bugs. Right, right. I love him to death. Right. And he the one that made me start learning how to crack on the mic. Right. He said, you going to talk? I said, I don't talk. You should all talk now. Right, right. So he started making me learn how to talk on the mic. Right. So I used to do different expressions. So that one of the expressions that y'all just finished doing in the introduction yeah. of the show was that one right there. Right. So when I came down to the studio and I'm here in the work and I heard this certain part that coming in, that's when Scott said, I want you to do that same right there. So when I heard it, I did it. And after I did it, only one take. One take. And they said, that's enough. That's enough. That, so, was, that was, I consider my introduction. Okay, so... South Bronx mm-hmm. already has magic on the ropes. Yeah. Right? Yes. Now, I remember being in a cab. It was a, it was a, I forgot what, it was a Saturday night. It was the summer. And we were driving through um, by Washington Square Park. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I, I'm listening to Kiss FM. And then this record comes on. And I'm in the cab, and I'm like, "What? What is this?" And I think you're. Ta- are you? Ta- are you talking your shit now, Red? As you're playing this? Mm. Yeah. Now, now the other version you hear was talking back and forth. Right, 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 right. You know. And I asked him, "What's the name of this record, man?" That's it. The bridge is over. The bridge is over. New York City was on fire this night. I can't believe I, you know, I was cracking right there. That voice was cracking right Yo, there. That listen, good. I, I listen, said I barely listen. ever. Do, I don't. I don't do it no more. Thank you, Red. Wow. Yo, when this hit, that was it, right? The, the war was over. Yeah, a lot of people said that the war was over. Man. There was nothing else. They had nothing else. No, there was one more. What? What, what was one? And that was in '88. After we came back from the Dope Jam tour, and right. we heard that the guy named Poet mm-hmm. 
did a disc record at the Juice Crew. Mm. Now, here it is. During the second album, that's when Chaos One made that record called I'm Still Number One. Oh, my God. He came back, and he did the remix of I'm Still Number One. The Spanish thing. The Spanish version. Oh, my God. You know what? We're going to play that. We got we to gotta yeah, edit that shit in, man. Numero uno. That's the one. And that was it. That was now, it. now, all this time, man, you ever talked to Magic? Oh, yeah. Many times we got to see each other. And, you know, Magic used to always say, well, yo, man, you know, we just trying to get something going on, man. <laughs> but, you know, I just used to look at him like, this nigga's crazy. <laughs> he was, like a, he was like, like a circus dude. You know, like, he he wanted, you know, moving around with the chest out, you know, call who he is, but then when you catch him in the corner, church mouse. Right, 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 right. You know? And then that, but now, like, okay, so you're this unofficial member of Boogie Down Productions, right? And and is this when you make the switch over? To to, to when when do you go over to to, to Hot ninety seven? I didn't go over there until the end of ninety four. Ninety four. Yes. So you were on Kiss all these years. I was on Kiss from eighty three to the end of ninety four. Damn. So eleven years. Yes. Eleven years. Mm-hmm. And 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 you're also part of all of these movements, man. Like you you you, you know how, how did you get affiliated with with with, with Chris Lighting and the Jungle Brothers, man? Well, this is how that became. Here it is when I started doing Latin, I'm not Latin Quarter, Union Square, right? '86. It was a set of Zulus that was coming downtown. And they approached me and said, hey, yo, Bam sent us down here to be with you. I looked at them. I said, damn, well, I know Bam ain't sent you down here. But y'all felt that I was the next one coming to into my own. So I could see the affiliation. So right. they started being around me. Now, the original members was Chris Lighty, mm-hmm. Daryl, um, oh, man, I forgot the Romeo, and two other guys. Now, how this became, because they were still... That viable, you know, Brooklyn, uptown situation. And, you know, Brooklyn niggas was wilding at the time, <laughs> snatching chains. Always, always. You know, setting you up and all. But then again, Brooklyn had the chicks. Right. So here it is. Every time when they saw a guy with a fine girl, they used to go ahead and just bogart their way and took mm. the girl. Mm. And what they said, I just violated that nigga. Mm. That's, so, how, so, so, that's how violators so, came in. Right, 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 right. So then afterwards, them other guys faded out, and here come a couple other more guys. Yo, Bam brought us down here. I say, yeah, okay. So they start clicking together, and before you know it, became the five of them. And it was two Chris's, one named Chris Ali and Chris Lighty. Mm. But Chris Lighty is a combination that he was the younger one, and he had the baby face. Right. So we start calling him Baby, baby Chris. Chris. Right. Right. How was Chris like? What was your relationship with Chris, man? Arrogant, cocky, but very, very knowledgeable and had a good head on the show. A lot of people did not know at that time, while he was coming down Union Square, he was combination of he was going to school at 18 and working as an electrician for Metro North. Mm. But I always saw 
that he had a good head on his shoulder. So within 87, when my nephew and them, they approached me saying they want to make a record. So, you know, they went ahead and stopped forming their record. You no, know, which is the Jungle Brothers. Okay. First one called Jim Browski. Right. And um, I needed somebody to be the role manager. So I said, Wait, who, which one is your nephew? Mike G. Mike G's your nephew. Yeah, that's my sister's son. I didn't wow. know that. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, because. So that was the natural relationship with the Jungle Brothers. Yes, because Mike G, and then, you know, here it is. He went to school in Africa, mm-hmm. and the guy around the neighborhood is Sammy. Sammy's, Sammy B. Sammy B. On the set. Right. So that's where they formed themselves at Jungle Brothers, you know, because he used to always say, yo, man, we want to do a record. Wanna... I wasn't sure they was ready. Right. But then again, Tony D., that had the group called Bad Boys with the record Inspector Gadget. Right. He just told me that they just built a studio in his house. So the, I say, okay, fellas, I found a studio for you go. So they used to have to go all the way to the last stop on the D train to Coney Island. And they have to go all the way out there near Seagate on Neptune Avenue. And that's when they go ahead and they start doing their recording. Now, what did you think of the Jungle Brothers, man? Because they were so offbeat. Like when you, when you hear a record like this, man, like Jim Browski. This this shit is so off it's so off the wall, man. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you this, what the whole story is behind Jim Browski. Jim Browski. What up? Yes, y'all. <laughs> Yo, this is now classic. I'm gonna tell you where the history of Jim yes. come from. My older brother, but uh-huh. well, he actually is not officially my brother, but right. he's my first cousin, and we grew up in a household under my grandparents. So as he's my older figure. I've looked at him ever since childhood as right. a brother. I never, to this day, I still say he's my brother. Right, you know so. He used to always was known for doing all the abbreviations that I'm known for, mm-hmm. you know, the um the phases and when it was time to go ahead and get with a girl, he said, Yeah, I'm gonna have to get this girl get get the Jim Rosky tonight. <laughs> tonight. I'm gonna get some so here it is that Mike coming along, you know, used to always hear the saying about it. Right. So he brought it to Africa and they went ahead and they wrote a song called Jim Rosky, right. And that's how that became. Now, it's crazy because, you know, usually when you're in the business and your family wants to get in the business, did you expect Jungle Brothers to do anything? Because you had seen at this point hundreds of rap groups come in the game, man. I'm going to tell you the God's truth. I know I came from the under underdog world. Right, right. So it doesn't hurt to give a try. Right. Because I know there's a lot of guys that started from nowhere. Right. That gave me their very first record for the first time. And one thing everybody knew me for to this day, I had a reputation for this. If I like it, I play it. If I don't like it, I don't play I don't play favors. I don't play politics. I don't play that bullshit. I I play what I believe. And you had a reputation, even the cats that wasn't in the game, that that, that Red is not that dude that fucks with that payola. Never. Right. Because I I say, anybody go pimp me, I pimp myself. Right. 
I'm not gonna allow you to put, you to put me on the corner. Did did, ev- did anybody ever put that money on the table? He's like, oh, no. oh, many a time. Oh my yo, god! No, 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 I ain't gonna lie. I seen, <laughs> I saw stacks. I saw stacks. I'm not gonna lie. But I felt that I was worth more than the stack right. That I saw. Right, 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 right. You know, where some people say, "Oh, you stupid, you got," but this will help me to last long to this day. Of course, of course. You, you know, and I'm sure you've seen people get burnt out. Oh, many a time. Caught in the whole nine. You know. Many a time. So you give your you give your 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 your, your nephew this shot, and they're right. making a the little noise, and then they do something which is crazy. They mm-hmm. do this hip house record, man, mm-hmm. which which is at that time the biggest record. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nineteen eighty-eight. It just took house music to another level. Yo, I hated hip house. I hated the combination of house records. Because I also was a Paradise Garage cat. Okay. I used to go to Paradise Garage, and I like to separate, separate, right? Right. This is the only record that I think is the official hip house record that I could fuck with. Mm. And how did you... Jump. Jump. Ho. How this became because once again under the affiliation of Tony D, right. he came with the group called Royal House. Okay, and they made a record with that same version, that right. same track. So they wanted to try something different because you know you had the earlier set of people like Keymatic and them that was trying to introduce adding some rap over right. some house. So they said, "Well, let's try the Jungle Brothers," mm. and that's how that became. Yo, did you ever expect them to be that big with that? Record? I had no idea. They, are they still doing it? They they still touring with they this. They just one. they just got back. I think actually, they got back this week because they was just on a three week tour overseas. They just finished doing Denmark, <laughs> Netherlands, um, Paris, um, where else? Seven different um places, countries. Yeah, in, in, within three weeks. That's crazy. No, man. I mean like they like. They like God out overseas, right. and because they 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 really like like they were like kind of like the tail end of the house movement. Not really. Well, kind of because house had had its had had its life in the eighties, but it started dying in the night. You know, as we knew. You, it. you know, no, how can I put it? I remember at one point in time when the audience saying, "No, we're not into that hip hop no more." You know, we're into the house now. We're right. into the dance. We're right. leaving all that alone. And then when. That came in, then all of a sudden I start seeing them same people that said that coming right back over, and now you want to get into Jungle Brothers and Doug Lazy and mm. KY. You know, I like yo, what happened? Well, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, I like you, yeah, hypocrite. But 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 this is also amazing because now you're seeing the formation of the Native Tongues because Q-Tip was on their first album. Yes, you Black is Q- Black. Yeah, Black is Black. You met Q-Tip at the time, right? Q-Tip went to school with, you know, here it is. You went Mary Bertram High School. Mary Bertram, yes. Now had all the come, girls. Had all the girls in that building. Now who come out from that is Mike G, mm-hmm. Africa, mm-hmm. Q-Tip, mm-hmm. Jerobi, mm-hmm. Ali Shaheen, Damn. as well as Sugar Shaft. Right. Oh, the and X-Clan. Bro- and Brother J. X-Clan. They all Damn. went to that school the same time. That's crazy. So now here it is. I learned that they was all... Now, I, of course, I didn't go to school with them, but from the story I got, they was all amongst each other, and they was trying to see how to reach out to each other to, as a helping hand. Right. So, like, Jungle started off 
and the next person they reached was to tip. Mm-hmm. And then when they reached the tip, and he was on black is black, and then what really was the key was, it was known as the promo. The promo. The promo because crazy. everybody I think always I got knew. The promo. Everybody always knew that one thing about my show on the radio on Kiss, I was always known for having promo songs. Hold on, hold on. This is the promo. This was your promo for. Hold on, hold on. I want you to tell us about. This. Tell us about this record. I used to have so many promo songs on my show, right? That people used to call and requesting it like a regular record, right? That became so dominant that here it is. They formed it as a record and and put it on the album, mm. straight out the jungle, right? So this was a promo for your show, yes. and they yo, we got to hear it. Mm-hmm. This is the last record. On Straight Out the Jungle from the Jungle Brothers album. Yes. You know this record, King? Yes, I do. Run along. Baby Bear beat. The beats was crazy though. Tip Tip sounds so grimy on the air. <laughs> Listen to Tip's ver- uh, verse, man. From a trap called Quest. was a promo for Yo. the show and became so you no know, dominant became a record yeah. you know there's certain things that was a promo on my show on radio that turned out to be a record like what else flow joe flow joe was it was a promo it was a promo okay yo um let me see i can't say it became a pro it became a song but but it helped atlanta deal miss jones miss jones okay yeah Red Alert is on the air. Right, 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 right. The fat beats. Right, 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 you know? right. So there's quite a few joints, you know. I used to play so much that people used to call requesting them. That's crazy, man. I want to talk about one more record, man, and then we we we're gonna take a, a quick, quick break, break and then and then and then go into like this this part of your career, man. Mm-hmm. And and the Jungle Brothers, they were like a spark. They it really wasn't around for a long time, but the time. Like going back through their discography right now, they made some great records. Mm-hmm. And this one, this one was in the '90s. This one has your son on it, as well as you. It's okay. called the JB's Coming Through. Yes. Um, how old was your son when he did this? Rob, record? let me see, because that came out in man, I'm trying. It to came out like in '90, 90, '91, I think. Okay, Rob had to be about ten. Ten. Ten or eleven. Right. Mm-hmm. And 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 they called y'all into the studio again to do this. 
Yeah, because everybody always knew Rob for doing the promos right. in my earlier days right. on Kiss. Right. You know, my daddy this, my daddy, you know. So Yo, this is one of my favorite JB records, man. Right here. I think this is one of everybody's favorites. This shit is so hard right here. Yeah. It's dominant. This record is so sick. Real hip hop heads appreciate this. Hit. Man, this is so crazy. The real heads. I'm, tr- I'm waiting for your part. Yo, your son is beasting on this. <laughs> you know, you see the size of him today, you be like, oh, shit. This is crazy, man. <laughs> this is crazy, man. Mm-hmm. Yo, listen, let's go to a quick break. Internet, you tune into the Combat Jack Show, the CombatJackShow.com. F your radio, F your podcast, and F your TV show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Internet, so you tune into the Combat Jack Show, the CombatJackShow.com. I know y'all keep telling me we have not updated the website. The website is being worked over. My man Shah is working on it. We're about to drop the new and improved. I just don't like the website anymore. Sometimes I'm real stubborn. I'm old school like that. So I know the last episode is is, is Uncle Murder. And until we get the new site, that's why I'm going to start of, of, you know revamping and, and, and dropping the new shit. Listen, enough of that. Coming soon. We got we got the legendary cool DJ Red Alert in the building, yeah. dropping all of this knowledge for y'all. I hope y'all are taking note. Hope y'all understand that we do this for the culture. Raise the bar, internet. Raise the bar, Uncle Red. Man, you having a good time? Man, I'm having a great time. Y'all I, pulling stuff out of me. I even forgot yeah. about. <laughs> you know, it's like that 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 brain is working again. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do, man. And it's such an honor, man. Respect. You know, we we talked about all these important movements that you was a part of, man. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the lasting movements that 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 you were in, involved in in the very beginning, man, was like was Hot ninety seven, man. How tell us about you know going from from Kiss to like the fledgling new, the new, the new fucking radio station at the time, man. Man, I'm gonna tell you something because first and foremost, respect to everybody that used to fill in for me right. during my stages and time over 
um, Kiss. Kiss FM. Right. First was Sweet Daddy Sammy B when I was on tour '88, mm-hmm. the Dope Jam tour with Boogie Down Production. Right. Hold on, let, let me interrupt you for a second. What was what was the Dope Jam tour? The Dope Jam tour was in '88, and the Dope Jam tour consisted of Eric B. Rakim, mm. Dougie Fresh, mm. Kumo D, mm. um, Ice T, Damn, Biz Markie, and Boogie Down Production. Yo. We did within three months. We did fifty three cities. Was this Carol Lewis? Hmm? Who was this, Carol Lewis? Yeah, Carol Lewis at the time. Yo, how was that tour, man? That tour was mean. Mean. I, oh, my God. That was a mean tour. Man, That's. I'm glad I was a part of that. Right. Yeah, and, you know, it was two major tours at that time. Because that was going on, and there was another tour where they had Run DMC. Um, was that the Fresh Fest? No, not the Fresh Fresh Fest. Fresh Fest is earlier. Right, right, you right. No, Fresh Fest go as far back as, like, 84, 85. Right, right, right. You know, but the other tour, the same time we was out... Who they had was um, Run DMC, um, Jazzy Jeff Fresh Prince, I think Beastie Boys, mm. EPMD. Houdini? Uh, Houdini was not around okay. at the time. And a couple others, because, you know, we talking about coming in the late 80s. Right. You know, and at that same time, that was like the introduction of Yo MTV mm-hmm. rap, you know, and a lot of things. You know, now here it is, it's starting to broaden the sounds of hip hop, not the culture, but the sounds of hip hop is starting to broaden from the early '80s into the late '80s, and you know it was, it was you a got standpoint. different coasts. You got the Ice Ts and the NWAs yeah. and the Two Shorts, and, 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 and not only that, but you know what was so significant for us because when Ice T was on that tour, that was the launch of Colors. Mm-hmm. So he was performing Colors, and you know Colors was a big that was movie. A big, that was a big record, too. big record, yeah. just as well. You know, and same thing for um. For um uh, um Biz Marquis, you know, where he had vapors going you know? off, you know, that's still off. one of my favorite records, man. Yeah, one of know? my favorite albums, man. You know, Eric B. Rock Kim, come on, the guard, you <sighs> know, Yo, that, that, that Dapper Dan, and uh-huh. oh my God. So anyway, so you out here, you touring the world, and and you got people that's that's covering for you. Yeah, now it supposed to have been Sammy B. Right. the Jungle Brothers, but from I learned, it was the whole native tongue up there. Mm. <laughs> they was all taking turns because you know a lot of people didn't know that. You know, one thing about the native tongues that consist of you know all the different groups: Jungle Brothers, Tribe Called Quest. Um, Black Sheep. Um, Black Sheep. Latifah. Um, Latifah. You know, everybody, regardless if you're a DJ or not. De La Soul. De La Soul, of course. They, everybody was on the turntables. Right. So you had a little bit of everybody joining on the turntables on Kiss FM. Right. So you got a full-fledged sound from the from the native tongue at that time. So then after that, then the... Um, next. That's when the next person I saw was Flex. Mm. Now, Flex mm. used to be... With behalf of Chuck Chillout, mm-hmm. you know, because he don't Chuck Chillout the one that really broke Flex in, right? You know, and then when Chuck left from Kiss FM, went over to BLS. Flex went with him, right. and then I don't know what happened over there, but that's when Flex started playing, right. and they let Flex go. So I was looking because one thing I was doing once they had me from doing the pre-recording days to with him being on live. I never did no more pre-recording. I say if I leave, I gotta have somebody fill in for me. Right. So. No more Sammy. So the next person was Flex. I went and approached the program director. I said, yo, I'm, I'm looking for him to be the next man. So that's when Flex was off for BLS. And I brought, I came to Flex and I said, yo, man, I'd like for you to fill in for me. So he started filling in for me, doing every time I was going. Yes. What, what did you see in Flex, man? I saw that he was, he, he was, he was a person that was hungry and showed his loyalty because that's what I saw how he showed it to Chuck. Mm. You know, show his loyalty. So when 
he was over there and no more Chuck. And then he continued, but they let him go. He was still squandering around looking to find, you know. Find a place. So that's when I approached him. Right. So now when I approached him that, so here it is. I, from what I learned, the old program director at Hot 97, which was a dance station at the time, Post Flex, they say, we want to include the sounds of hip-hop along with what we doing. Right. So Flex approached me. He said, yo, man, I had an offer that I know they want me to come over to Hot 97. So I said, yeah, it's a dance station. He said, I said, yo, I don't know. It can help you or it can hurt you, but right. either way, you have my blessings. That's dope. And that's what I told him. Right. And before you know it, as he went over there, it just started popping. It's, he, I think mean, things start turning around, and they start building everything around him because the next program program director, Steve Smith, mm-hmm. he came and he saw what was going on, and this is a guy that's coming from out west. Right. He coming over the east coast. He seen what's going on, and he started appointing it to having more sounds of hip hop. Mm-hmm. Implemented because that was a dominant sound. Yeah, that was so, a dominant so, sound. So you know, that's when you know during the early '90s you had the Cypress Hills and mm-hmm. you had the Dyes Effects and you know you had all them guys that was doing it in that early '90s. Right. So here it is. They went after various people that start being on the air. They went after Ed and Dre. Mm. No, they started going after Miss Jones. Mm. They start going after Bugsy. They start going after before you know they formed. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. So you know, and then. You know that's that's what you saw in Flex in terms of the loyalty, but it's funny we got we got the next generation here. You know, our intern Tumbo, <laughs> mm-hmm. and 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 Tumbo was saying like he mm-hmm. never understood coming up. Why, Fle- like, what what were you saying earlier, man? Before we started taping, like when as the younger generations, when we listen to Flex, we all know Flex is the legend. Like he's he's like of our generation. So yes. like, mm-hmm. it's like we would hear the young records. You know, you'd hear the the you know two thousand and beyond. But like, you know how randomly flex would now just go into like when you feel like okay flex is going in now right he all all of a sudden goes to like a biz record and like an old record we're like what is he doing right now Mm -hmm. but after hearing your story and just really thinking back to your thank you mix part one and part two it makes sense why he does it because it's almost like if he doesn't do it i'm thinking about who else would be doing it if it's not you. Well, that's the same thing, like I say, when Flex came in through Chuck Chillout, you know, he was his understudy, but he was also a student. Mm-hmm. So he acknowledged all the sounds that what we were playing at that time. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, for the past six years, every time during Christmas Eve, you would hear us on Hot 97 go a whole night. I would love, doing y'all, nothing have the best, but all, y'all have the yo, best Christmas oh, Eve shows, man. Everybody, all weekends and like all yo, the holidays. And people yeah. now, it's a tradition where people be looking forward to it. Yeah. And, they pe- and they be going online and they be listening to everyone. And what they really like to hear, the content, the stories behind the song. Yep, the context, so, too. So here, it, so here it is when Flex is playing, I would give you the stories behind certain songs that were going from the break beats to within the golden era and to the 90s we may start doing so you know that's something that's to look forward to because if we don't preserve it it Who will else? dwindle exactly and before you know yeah. and that's it and you know if you can go to school and take up history you know and study what was in the past why not study for what you believe in as yep. far as the music is concerned, mm-hmm. as far as the culture is concerned? These are the things you got to continue on in order for people to embrace it. You're red, man. We've been trying to get Flex on this show for a long time, man. <laughs> Next time you see him, can you give him a go? Give... I, I put the word Thank in. Thank you, man. Thank Please. you. I put the word in. 
here it is. I'm coming along on Kiss FM, but Kiss FM was going through its struggle. Going through its changes right now. Right, going through its changes. And then that's when they said, okay, coming to the end of 94, they're getting ready because it got sold. Mm-hmm. It got sold to the same station, to the same company that owned Hot 97, MS right. Broadcast. Right. So they said they were going to change the format. So here it is. I was always a diehard because I'm 11 years in. Right, straight. This, this is your home. Yeah, this is my home. Right. I've never been nowhere else. Right. So I was so loyal to it. I said, I'm going down with the ship. Right, right. You know, I was like on that, you know, Titanic shit. You know, but <laughs> here it is. They said, no, 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 no. We want you to come over to hot. Right. Now, I'm going to tell you, first I wasn't going mm-hmm. because I couldn't see it. But then. Because it was brand new. Yeah. How could you see it? No. no. But which is kind of ironic because before then, how could anyone see Kiss FM? Right. So here it is. As I said, I had various individuals in high places in the industry that was giving me the call. You know, that will never give nobody the time of the day right. calling me up and say, what's wrong with you, crazy? What's wrong with you? And there was one person, he no longer here with us, my man, Dwayne Cunningham. Mm-hmm. God bless him. I never get what he said to me in the office. He said, Red, there's one thing you got to learn in life, change. Mm-hmm. You got to learn to face change. Whatever you do, do not stay the same forever. Learn to adapt to yes. change. Yes. So, you know, I reconsidered by listening to various individuals as well. Flex come over and talk to me. And then I came over there to Hot 97. Mm. How was it over there, man? When I got over there, it was strange and new to me because right. I learned how to adapt. I'm coming to working with a whole new different group. You know, I'm seeing how they do their delivery. You know, I'm trying to feel out, you know, if it's real, if it's fake and whatever it is. But then again, I still... You know, kept my head on and say, you know, I'm here for a reason. Right. Let me go forth with this. Right. And that's when, from what I learned, I was the first person that they broke in introducing the afternoon drive, mm. the 5 o'clock free right. ride. Right, 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 right. Because before it was 5 o'clock free drive, where it was just the top five records of that time that they'll play. But nobody was mixing. Right. So I'm coming in as a mixer. Right. And that's when I started. First, it used to be for like first 40 minutes mm-hmm. and then they switch it all the way to an hour. Right. And then after doing that for about a year or so, here it is, they let go the guy named Glenn Fisher at 12 o'clock and they say, well, you'd like to do the old school at noon. Mm. So I start doing 12 o'clock and then come back on at five. Right. So it's like a double shift I had. Right, 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 right. And that was what was going on. Right. Now, while you were there, man, I remember reading some older interviews that, that, that you said that even though you was doing your thing, it still felt funny to you. Like, it wasn't home for you. Like, they didn't treat you the same way they were treating other people that they were building the station around. Well, here it is that you don't have that same vibe. See, when I was at KISS, KISS was a family. Right. From all different departments. Right. I mean, to each his own. But I remember there was, like, in the block, KISS FM on 40th Street, down the block was a spot called Giggles. Right. But you can go down eat and have drinks. Right. I would be in there having drinks with the program director and the general manager. Right. Feeling no pain, mm. drinking that poop poo juice. <laughs> and what they tell me when I get ready to leave because I'm getting ready to go get on the air, what they all say, have a good show. Have a good show, right. Because that's how much belief they had in me. Right. Not saying that they all did not have belief in me, but I have built a bond. Right. With them as a family. Right, right. So when I got over there, I built a bond with some people, but not 
everybody, not the people you know? in the top in, and in there the top some, officers. There was some people in, you know, I got to say I had differences with, right. you know, so I, I just made the best of what it is. Right. And then you left. Mm-hmm. And then and now you're back, man. Now here it is. I left from there because I came back over to Kiss for the second go round. Right, right. How was that second go round? Oh, it felt good because I said I'm back home. You're back home. But I didn't. But I didn't stay because you know I still felt that vibe. I was still in the same building as some individuals. Right, right, right. So now here come Power 105. Mm. Power 105 come around, and here it is. Steve Smith that helped create Hot 97. Yep. He he started being an overseer for Power 105. He said, you want to come over here? So I went over there for five years. Right. But I was still homesick. Homesick. So I came back to KISS for the last go-round before it closed. Let me ask you something, man. What did that closing mean to you, man? Because that, that hurt. That hurt a lot of us native New Yorkers who grew up well, with KISS FM. Oh, man, man you got to understand something, man. Once again, you may run away. But you find your ass coming back to where you started at. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was for me for Kiss FM. Right. So I know that everybody to this day, they can go ahead online and find it. I did this last show called The Thank You Mix. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. And um, crazy. I know within the final minutes of that show, I got very emotional. And, you know, I mean, I was just being honest about how I felt. But, you know was no more coming back. No more coming back. See, I came back twice. Right. Now, the third time, three strikes you out, there's no more coming back. You know, and that's what it was at right. the time. Right, right, Yo, how do you feel? I know you, you you know, as radio has changed, man, and, and, and radio DJs became radio personalities, I know you weren't necessarily really keen about, like, the the advent of, like, the shock jock radio personalities and radio, like like the Starbuck Wilds and the Wendy Williams and the whole nine. Because that was something completely different from what you came up with, right? Right, right. But, you know, you got to understand something. I saw the development. Now, the my first idea is in development, even though I'd never worked with him, but you always heard about the Howard Stearns mm-hmm. and the Don Imus. And mm-hmm. the, so you heard the story. So now when I start being involved with working with Wendy Williams, she started to develop into her own during Kiss before coming over the hot. Right. And she used to come out doing some wild stuff and saying some wild stuff. I just look at her like, yo, what's wrong with you? You crazy? <laughs> but then at the same time, when I wind up going over the hot, same time when she went over the hot, and I'm on doing her shift, and she still continue, but I always <laughs> learn to keep myself out of whatever right. she's stating. So, right, 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 you right. know, sometimes some people be in the street be like, come on, man. You know who, who this is and who that is. You know, what's the name of it? Is it about the um the homo rapper? Right, right. right. The, the, the gay rapper. The, the gay rapper. You know, when you work with that don't mean that I know. Right, right. There's a lot of situations that go on in your job. Are you a part of it? Right, exactly. I'm not a part of this. Exactly. So, you know. Wow. so but and, and you stayed away even I, from like the whole Starbuck Wild movement too, right? Yeah, because I look at it this way. To each his own. If that's what you want to do, go ahead. But I walk these streets. Right. I don't need that. Right. I, I'm not, I was never involved with it. I'm not looking to be involved with it now. Right. I'm not going to be the type to get on there and be a follower and start going ahead and gossiping like everybody Cause, else. Because that's not who you are. That's not me. I, I play music. Right. How do you feel about radio today? Like, and looking at it's, it's kind of funny, man. How all these roads come from you know, yep. or you were, you were right there. Like, you were right there when you saw the development of, of Charlemagne, who 
who I think is really talented. Like, what did you ever see him blossoming into the powerhouse that he is? Because that brother is is a powerhouse. Well, you know, I had never got to come across him, even though I heard he had got say some little couple slick things about me. Come on, Charlemagne. You know. Um, this is during the time when Wendy was on BLS, right. and I think he was in the association. With her. I think he, you know, said a couple, couple slick things. You know, I kept it to myself. I say, you know, if I ever see, I would address him. But you know, to each his own. Right. You know, but that's what helped made you go ahead about your business. <laughs> yeah, you holding his hands. <laughs> hey, my man. You know, I'm sorry. Right, you know, right, right. You know, I express how I feel. Still baby. need to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you feel about radio today, man? When, when it's become so you know, playlist-driven, so so algorithms-driven, almost to the point where, you know, it's counterintuitive to what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be soul. It's supposed to be, you know what I'm saying, something that, that, that soothes the heart, but it sounds so artificial right mm-hmm. now. And this is no diss to the, to the stations, but it is what it is. It's, it's become so machine-like. Well, you got to understand one thing. Any, any um situation such as radio or may I say such as communication is concerned that's owned by a corporation company whatever it is you know it's business right bottom line because they're looking at advertising and dollars right. so you know the creation of what the world we're living in today the viral world what we're living in today they go follow more than what they create mm. so the aggression of radio from what I know coming in had diluted and they following according to what they see what they can profit from. Right, 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 right. So, yeah, it's not, it's changed, you know. To some, they feel it's for the better. To others, they feel it's for the worse. But I always learn to stay authentic in my position because I'm still involved with radio. I do BLS mm-hmm. and I do hot. Which is crazy, which is, which is great. Yeah, right? and, of course, how that became, because as of last year, around what? March, April, that's when um, MS broadcast, they brought BLS. BLS, yes. you know. And um, now so, they, so, so it's, it's an ex, you know, ex, extended family. Right, extended family. So, you know, the crazy part is because the um, booth that BLS is in was the old Kiss booth. That's crazy, man. You know, so it's right across the hall from each other. So, you know, they got me alternating with other different DJs during the after work mix, right. you know. But, and then every. For night, what? Since January, I've been on every Sunday now on Hot. Nice. Doing what's called Prop Master Retro. And what's so crazy about that? Because records that was 15, 20 years old was the records I introduced on the 5 o'clock free ride. <sighs> so now I'm playing it retrospected. So think about it. Do the math. If you was in your teens to 20s during that time, you're now in your 30s to 40s. Right. You know, you're now the new entrepreneurs. You knew the new executives, the new homeowners, mm-hmm. you, your family man, family lady. You paying, know, that, paying that tuition. Too, ain't too kids. So, but you still want to relive your childhood. Right. So they got me on from 9 to 10 every Sunday to let you relive hearing them earlier sounds uh, from Ever 94 to early 2000. Yo, Red, if you wasn't doing this, man, what else would you be doing, man? Well, you know, when I was working for Gibson Hill, but I was also studying at the same time because Gibson Hill was a company that, you know, is for um, building, you know, and I was, t- I took up drafting. Okay. So, you know, I had, when I got my third class license, but I also took up drafting. So that was my next field of coming from out of there to get into the next level to be in the office uh- the draft. Okay, so you've been like an architect the whole night. Yes, that's interesting, man. Mm-hmm. No, let's let's we gonna wrap this up, man. But what happened to Mama Montego? Mama Montego. Damn, 
Wow. I forgot about Mama Montego. Mama Montego. Yeah, that was during the early kiss moments. Yeah, no, she was a Caribbean lady that um used to always That's come up. Oh, it wasn't a fake accent? It was a, no, no, no. Uh, she was a Caribbean person that, you know, actually come up there and speak her mind. You know, Mama Montego. Wow. Internet's Google That's crazy. That. Let me ask you, over your career, man, mm-hmm. um, who are your top five radio personalities of this jockeys? <sighs> wow. Five. I got to say Frankie off the top. Yes, Frankie Crockett. Frankie, Frankie helped change the spirit of urban radio. Yes. The next person I have to say who is my mentor is Fred Bugs. Mm. That was an understudy for Frankie Crockett. Bugsy, yes. You know? Um, who can I say after that? Uh, Man, I say the next person would be who also saw me grow up because I used to see him play ball was Vaughn Harper. Vaughn Harper. Vaughn Harper, you know, he had the centrist silky voice, you know, he knew how to gear and guide. Yes. You know? Was uh, was that the quiet store? Huh? Who was the, he was the official quiet store on yes. BLS. Right, right, right. Yes. Uh-huh. That's three, right? Yep, that's three. Oh, uh, man, I can't even tell you who the other two is. It's hard to say. It's really hard to say. Oh, I got to give my respect to my man, Mr. Chuck Leonard. Rest mm, in peace. Chuck Leonard, yes. You know, I'll say him. Wow. Um, And I also got to say the last, and he's my man, and I work with him, and, you know, he was fun to work with and fun to listen to. My man, the Fox, the Rocks, the Box. Mm, Jeff Fox. That's right. Nice, nice. How did it feel, man, like, 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 um... When Mr. Magic passed away, man. What were your thoughts when he passed away? Man, I was hurt by that, you right. know, because no matter what, when you think of Magic and I, you thinking of... Ali and, 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 and Frazier. No, I think more of Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. Right. Mm. Because even though we had our rivalry, but we still learned to mend together and join together. And, you know, the whole point, a lot of people didn't know he was getting ready to come back to BLS for the final time right. before that happened. Wow. Right. Yeah, he was that would have been amazing, about, man. Yeah, he was about to come right back on. Mm-hmm. That would have been amazing. And then lastly, man, your, your top five MCs, man. Now that's hard. That's hard. That's hard. <laughs> come on, man. It's hard. Come on, let's let's go. Because yo, I it's see diff- it's, different it's, generations. It's different generations. Different. Entities. But you lived a long life. But you, I, you, and I don't have them in no order. But it's a combination, of a little bit of everybody. Okay. Uh, the 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 guard. Rock him. Um. Change nope, the game. Now, now I say it's not in not, order. Not, not in order. Not in order. No, um, I love Jada Kiss. Jada Kiss, Ooh, nice. I love Jada Kiss. Nice. A person who never got his just due, and to me, it's nice on the microphone. My man, Lord Finesse. Lord Finesse, yeah. yes. Um, great punchlines. He's been on the show. Um, yeah. Two man. more. Yeah, I, I gotta mention Chris. Mm. I mentioned Chris. KRS One, yes. I mentioned Chris. Um, who the last person I could think of? He never made no recordings, but to me, he never get his just due, and I respect him to the fullest. Grandmaster Kaz. Grandmaster Kaz, mm-hmm. yes. That's a, that's a great. That's a, that's a great. That's a great top five, man. Um, tell the tell our audience where they can find you, man. If you want to look up anything, consist of my bio, my my booking in, information, um, my social media. Uh, all my social medias, you know, such as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is, all under the umbrella of the coolestlegend.com. Cool with a K. Okay. The coolestlegend.com. Yo, Red Alert, man, this has been such an honor, man. And yeah, I know we could go on 
and on and on and on and on and on, man. But but this, you know, like oh, I said, man, this is like full circle to me. And, and I thank you, you know, for, for being an influence in my life and shaping me respect, to, man. to where I am today, man. So thanks so much. Well, thank my man Malcolm. Once yes, again. sir. Malcolm, thank you. Yeah, Malcolm. Malcolm from, from Twitter. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. I mean, let, me, let me give you a shout out. Let me, <laughs> let me, let me give you your Twitter no, tag, no, man, because no, no. you. Malcolm lean hard to make this happen. I got to give him his just due, man. Yeah, where's, where's, his, where's, his, where's, his, I'm looking for his. Uh, yeah, is it Malcolm handle. the Mayor? Twitter handle. Malcolm, is it Malcolm the Mayor? Malcolm, hold on for a second. I got, I, I got it. It might be Malcolm. Malcolm the, the Mayor. Yeah. At Malcolm the Mayor. Uh, yeah. has been, he made this happen. Yo, Malcolm, man, thanks so much uh-huh. for being on your Dean and, and hitting me with the DMs and calling me and the whole nine and, and, and being a painter. The red alert and making this happen, man. Salutes. And respect to each and every individual from if you heard me forever or you just heard me for the first time and you gauge to me, I thank you. Yes, sir. King. Yeah. What's up, man? <laughs> Yo, this is crazy, man. It's like, he's, you know, 360 right here, man. It's crazy. And yeah. he's back on Hot 97. Back on Hot 97. It's you know crazy. what's so crazy about this? People may always, there's something my man told me a long time ago. He said, they always may know your name. But they need to know the legacy behind your name because Mm -hmm. your name may stand out. But do they know information behind that? Most of the time, no. So I hope they took time to listen to this. Or they can go ahead and Google me. And you look at the lineage between Red Alert, Chuck Chill Out, Fun Master Flex. African Bambada. I mean, African. Cool Herc. Cool Herc. We're going back to the beginning. 70s, 80s, 90s. It makes so much sense. Makes so much sense. Yeah, exactly. Internets. You know what it is. Combat Jack Show. Dream those dreams and then man up and live those dreams. And woman up and live those dreams because a life without dreams is black and white and the universe flows in technicolor and surround sound. Blah. When I was down at Howard, when I when I said that, I was like, I can't just say man up. So I had to include woman up. So, you know, man <laughs> up and woman up have lived those dreams. What up, Pete? And we are signing out. What up, Pete? I hope by this time next week we'll have a new addition to the Combat yeah. Jack show. You know, premium Pete's baby boy. And we're out. Cheer. Numenati! This weekly drop is from Ohio's finest, Rashad. That's at Rashad Music, Elevator Music Group. Shout out to Super Mario. The name of this record is called Leaving Her. Dope summer anthem, strictly for the ladies. You know what I mean? And my, and my swagged out fellas, you know what I mean? And we doing it like that. Hashtag the weekly drop, the Combat Jack Show. Cheer. And you, and you say New York City, New York City. I can't believe it crossed my mind. The thought of losing it all, all. I've been loyal all this time But here I go with these thoughts My niggas can't understand me But if these walls could talk They would sing a million words But am I man enough to walk? I thought about Stay the
This episode of the Combat Jack Show was produced by Jonathan Mena, executive produced by A. King and Chris Morrow, engineered by Samir Karan, and recorded in the Engine Room Audio Studio in downtown Manhattan. This is an official Loudspeakers Network's production.